The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Going inside Hollywood, and I'm joined in studio by Jen Gannon, pop culture journalist. Our chosen subject this week is the incredibly versatile Samantha Morton. But first, uh, Jen, uh, good morning, by the way. Hello. Um, your thoughts on the BAFTAs? Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of an Irish night for a British Film Awards, I suppose. And it was a great night for Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's three-hour epic. It swept the board and won seven awards. And it's, the awards had an Irish flavour with Killian Murphy, you know, a deserved Best Actor winner. And he was the first ever Irish actor to win a BAFTA for Best Actor, which I think is amazing. Then he had Jorgos Lanthimos's Poor Things, which was produced by our own Element Pictures that picked up five awards with Emma Stone for Best Actress. And then he had Irish filmmakers Shirley O'Connor and Maeve uh, Reardon. They picked up an award for their producing duties on a film, Mama Earth, which won Outstanding Debut Film, which was kind of a surprise mm. win. Are these ever a straw in the wind for the Oscars? Not, I don't know, because I'd say, I don't think they're that close an indication because they definitely like to mix it up with the BAFTAs. I mean, I think if you look at last year, um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which swept the board at the Oscars last year, only won one BAFTA for Best Editing. Mm. So, and there's always a British kind of or Irish slant to them rather yeah. than the Oscars but I do think you can pick out a couple of trends going forward looking at the Oscars because they kind of fall in line with with some of the other award ceremonies that have been going on so say something like the Holdovers Divine Joy Randolph she won Best Supporting Actress and she has won that in every category she's been every award ceremony she's been nominated in that category so I think she is a lock for Best Supporting Actress if you were going to put money on it I'd do that now yeah. And you wouldn't put money necessarily on Killian because? I I'm worried about Killian, I think Oppenheimer will do really well in the Oscars, but the Academy, they love to give a legacy Oscar. So that's when a particular actor is nominated. It's more about their body of work than the actual individual performance. And I'm really fearful that Killian is going up against Paul Giamatti for the holdovers and the Academy love him. And I, I don't know, I think that might be his biggest challenge. And I think the SAG Awards are on Saturday and I think that's the best indication for who will succeed mm-hmm. on Oscar night. So if Paul Giamatti wins there, we could be looking at another Irish disappointment after Colin Farrell last year. And I will be devastated. All right, let's talk about Samantha Morton. At, yes. First of all, at the BAFTAs. Yeah, she was a really worthy winner of the BAFTA Fellowship this year. And she gave this very stirring emotional speech. And I just thought following on from that, it'd be a good opportunity to go through her kind of varied career for those who might not be that familiar with her work. Um, and I think she is somebody that, you know, in, in British film and in international film, she really has changed the way that actresses can be perceived on screen. So when I first saw... Ken Loach's Kez, on a huge telly that was wheeled into my classroom. I was forever changed, forever. Because seeing poverty and people like me, my life and my family on the screen, I recognised myself. You see, representation matters. In 2008, I directed my first film, The Unloved, and it was about faith, my belief in God, and it was hope and forgiveness. But as much as anything, it was what I wanted to tell little Sam. Homeless and cold, hungry and alone. But you'll have a family one day. And you'll have a life beyond what the government statistics have laid out for you. Because you matter. So don't give up. You see, the stories we tell, they, we, they actually they have the power to change people's lives. Film changed my life. 
Now, what an extraordinary speech, yeah. but also what an extraordinary life. Oh, extremely. As you can hear there, you know, she had a very turbulent childhood. She spent nine years in and out of foster care. And really, it was, like she said, film changed her life and it saved her. At 13, she joined the Central Junior Television Workshop. And someone like Vicky McClure has done that as well. Um, it's in Nottingham. And she credits those that, work, that were working there as the adults in her life who believed in her and helped her through the difficult times. And acting just offered her this escape route. And she was sensational from the get-go. Like, I first came across her at, you know, the mid-late 90s and she had a bit part in Jimmy McGovern's really gritty uh, crime show Crackers, you know, which starred Robbie Coltrane. Mm-hmm. And she commanded the screen in this bit part as Joanne. She was a 16-year-old girl who found herself pregnant by this church leader. He was kind of like a cult leader. And she all had this otherworldly kind of ethereal look about her with these giant eyes that you can't look away from. And I think, you know, we might dismiss maybe sometimes those greedy dramas like Prime Suspect or Cracker or Trial and Retribution, but they're a very fertile place for young actors. You see people like our own Michael Fassbender or Robert Carlyle or Kerry Mulligan or Christopher Eccleston that at the very beginning of their career would star in these dramas. And I think it's a great, you know, hunting ground in that way for cast and directors who are looking for new stars. And she really broke out from Cracker, then went on to star in Kay Meller's Band of Gold, where she played Tracy, who was a very young teenage sex worker. And that was an unforgettable performance, I think. It's 30 she years came ago. came across my horizon with Jim Sheridan's In America. Yes. And that was a very big year for her. Like when she hit Hollywood and she really hit Hollywood in 1999, she was nominated for an Oscar for Woody Allen's Sweet and Lowdown. And she played um, a mute laundry woman in the 1930s who falls in love with this jazz guitarist played by Sean Penn. And she played it like a Hollywood, a silent film star. She it was all about her eyes. And then from then on, as I said, 2002, she had Jim Sheridan's In America, which was semi-autobiographical. And she was stunning in that as the mother, yeah. Sarah. Now, um, she's had ups and downs. I mean, she faced down uh, Harvey Weinstein. She did. And I think she's very outspoken um, about, you know, political issues. And, I, and as well, like something like Harvey Weinstein, she was one of the first people to actually talk about him and her treatments, you know, at his hands. Um, in 2003, she said, you know, she wasn't cast for the Brothers Grimm because he, he said that he felt that she was unattractive and he wouldn't find, and no one would find her attractive on screen. But she said the reason why he did this was back in 1997, she auditioned for a Miramax film and she thought it was misogynistic and she spoke up and he said, I'm, I'm going out there to destroy your career. Um, and I found it very ironic then that in 2022, she starred in the, the film, she said about the Weinstein, the whole case and, and about so, the film industry. So it's like a nice piece of karma, I think, there. A nice piece of karma. We have a clip from She Said. You started working at Miramax when you were 21? Yes. I was an assistant at the London office. And how was it? It was great. But it would shift when Harvey came to town. In what way? Everyone became on call to Harvey. And what would that entail? Script meetings, discussions, and more personal stuff. Like? For instance, I would have to go to his hotel and wake Harvey up. I'm going to shower for him, get him out of bed. He would usually be naked, and he might try to pull me onto him. What did you do? I'd fend him off. I found humour or aggression worked best. Harvey was either excited or furious. You never knew which it would be. Did anyone on the team give you advice about him? Yes. <laughs> Once one girl told me to always wear my puffer jacket um, and to always sit in an armchair, never the sofa next to him, which helped. And that's how I knew that it wasn't only happening to me. 
what was happening exactly. Bullying? Emotional abuse? I was just too young to understand it. Yeah, and she herself has spoken about uh, the sexual abuse that she endured while uh, she was in care. Um, She, uh, I mentioned, had ups and downs, and Mm. one of them was potentially career-ending. It really was. I mean, it's hard to believe she nearly had to leave acting altogether when you look at the breadth of her work and and the extent of it. In 2006, it was announced that she had to pull out of a thriller called Trans-Siberian because she had been hurt when part of a ceiling fell down on top of her in her new home. And that was only half the truth because she she revealed the true extent of her injuries where she actually suffered a stroke as a result of this head injury and she had to learn to walk again at the age of 31. I mean, she is extremely resilient human being, I have to say, um, which is something that I think she really brings to her work as well, definitely. Mm. Um, so versatile. Um, she's made many movies. She also uh, is ambitious about creating her own projects, including an album. Yes, she uh, she's doing music now. So she has, uh, there's music there out there. She's always been a music lover. She had, you know, just like Killian Murphy, she has her own little show on Six Music, on BBC Six Music. And I think that's something that she really wanted to explore as well. I'm hoping she'll get back into directing because as I said, in 2009, she directed her film, The Unloved, for Channel 4 about, you know, a young 11 year old girl who was in care just like herself. And I think if anybody, you know, is interested in that, they should definitely seek it out on Channel 4 because she wants to make another, a follow-up film to it. And after winning the BAFTA, I'm hoping that she'll do that. So she said her second instalment, she wants to call it Starlings. And it's about when you leave care, like she did at 16, and you end up homeless in a hostel. And what do you do with the rest of your life then? An extraordinary woman. Uh, Samantha Morton is her name. And... uh I'm sure we'll hear lots more of her either behind or in front of the camera. But Jen, thank you very much for joining us. Jen Gannon, a pop culture journalist. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.